Hey everybody, I'm Andrew Staten, and I play Yusuf on Demon Days, an actual play podcast with a focus on fiends and the friends who play them. We've got a great episode lined up for you, but first we want to give a shout out to our amazing sponsor, Arc Knight. Their detailed, high-quality props, maps, and minis are a delight and bring the table to life. We also want to thank Gordon McAlpin for the artwork for our show. Being infernal has never looked so good. Like what we do? Give us a review on your podcast app of choice, and then hop over to our socials to say hi. That's These Demon Days with a Z on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And now, on with the show. Friends, fiends, I'm here. There's at least a half dozen ales in front of me. So you know what that means, don't you? It means we're not going to shut up for the next hour. That's surprisingly correct, David. It means story time. Good gods, who invited you? Get out of here. Anyway, last I spoke, our heroes found themselves more or less acquitted by the Storm Empress and then greeted by the city's archmaid, Glotha who may or may not have the answers to their little demon problems. So, pull up a chair and get your inquisitive asses ready, because I'm about to hit you with more Demon Days! Mikola raises her hand for a long moment and then drops it. Immediately, the crowd of soldiers dismiss and leave the throne room at a speed and formation that's almost alarming. You feel the presence of soldiers behind you, and they begin to unshackle your arms and legs. Soldiers grab Triss and Barney and start to lead them away. Two heftier soldiers bring up the chest that held your items, and they begin to return your possessions to you one by one. As they do this, you notice the archdruid leave in a huff, and Galatha slowly walk in your direction. As she approached us, too. Mm-hmm. You know, I would, you know, at least Lady Galatha and I would do a, a partial bow to her. And she does a courteous, like a, a similar bow in kind. I appreciate your interest and uh, your fairness in this matter. There is one bit of unresolved business that we would, with your blessing, of course, like to um, look into before we were to leave town. Uh, there was an abode of the young adventurer that we found, uh, on whom we found the necklace that we returned to Delia Medusa. And apparently she had been hired to investigate Grisnorvald, and uh, we just wanted to, with Talia's already having uh, gotten her permission uh, to look through her belongings to see if there were any hints or clues as to uh, what may have summoned us to the mountain, then of course we will uh, happily take our leave of trust. Interesting. Interesting indeed. I do believe that could be arranged, fair tiefling, but I do have a lot of information that I need to get to you. Your testimony proved very interesting, and I might actually have some answers for you. Probably more questions, too. First, why don't you come with me to my quarters? I've got the pieces of the altar for you. So please, if you will, follow me. Are Triss and um, Barney, are they still like within earshot, or are they already gone? They're just out of earshot, but they're being taken through the, the, th- the doors of the throne room. Okay. I'll see Yusuf's glance towards them and be like, don't worry, I feel like we may see them again, and we'll certainly repay them when we can. Do you feel that the judgment was not fair for those two? I feel that they put their lives at risk defending everyone around them who fled in terror, and 
they're being punished for it. Especially uh, Barney. I feel her punishment should have not been quite that level. To be fair, we know not of your customs or your system of justice. Um, I think I would say this is more of wanting to personally repay them for their uh, honest testimony in kind. I see. While I can't openly defy anything the Empress has said herself, I can counsel her. I am a counselor. If there's anything you wish me to tell her about them, I can. And we can see what we can do. As far as a dereliction of duty that she's, that Triss has been accused of, that is a harsher punishment. And our patience is growing thin with Barney. Perhaps we can come to an arrangement. She is a coward, yes, but she stepped up instead of fleeing with everybody else. Eventually joining the fray in melee combat. That is a good point. We couldn't have closed that rift without her. She did more, far more good than harm that day. Just for the sake of it, I'll you guys do some persuasion. Some persuasion rolls. She's eyeing all of you with considerable interest, taking in what you're saying into account. I got a nat 20. Nat 20? 19. Nice. But yeah. <laughs> nat 20 as well, which uh, puts it at 25. At 25? My, yeah, my God. All my job is... So. Every job I have as a paladin, I suck at. <laughs> my diplomacy is shit. Everything else is... Uh. Well, the rolls were high enough just across the board. She nods. I will take that into account, and I will convene privately with the Empress and see if a better arrangement cannot be made. Obviously, the rule has come down from her, so I don't have a lot of time. Let's get up to my place. I need to show you what I have, give you the, the pieces of the altar give you a little bit of what I know, and then we will go forward. Please, this way. She starts to head out of the throne room, and you pass through a maze of hallways, stairways, and corridors, and eventually find yourself within a far wing of the keep. The stonework here looks much older, but no less sturdy. After a time, you reach a large chamber with a spiral staircase that ascends upward beyond the limits of your vision. The air is much cooler here, and the ominous silence is broken by your footsteps. Galatha takes this moment while you guys are traveling up the stairs to continue. I have been tasked to look into the situation of yours a little bit further and assist you in solving whatever problem there is. I have a teleport spell to send you to my circle in Edgewater, and from there you'll find a guide to get you deep within the Shattered Lands, where you'll hopefully gleam more than I ever could. The stairs end after a great deal of time, and you find yourself in a large, circular, and cozy room. This is Galatha's quarters. The first thing that catches your eye is an elaborate pattern etched on the ground, detailed with all manner of geometric shapes, all of which convene on a glowing circle directly in the center. As you follow Galatha further into her room, you walk over the circle and it seems to pulse a little bit, a little bit brighter with your presence. Scanning the rest of the room, you see everything is arranged against the curved wall so that it faces the center of the room where you're standing. You see a large wooden desk upon which is neatly stacked a few tomes and documents. Not a thing is out of place. Behind the desk and carved into the curved wall is a bookshelf with the width of the desk. In it are a fair number of books, all neatly arranged. Some have lettering on the spines and others do not. Continuing your visual scan of the room also reveals a lavish wardrobe, a massive canopy bed with lavish decoration, and an archway that leads out into a grand patio overlooking the city. From where you're standing, you can just barely see an elaborate telescope as well as some other devices that don't immediately make sense to you. Galatha gets behind her desk. So, the Tower of All. There's a bit of a unique history about that location and some of the details of the place and what happened to it feel awfully familiar to what you guys said in your testimony and what we've heard. For this to make sense, you have to go back about a hundred years, give or take, before the Shattered Lands became, well, shattered. The area was referred to as the Darling Pass. 
perhaps the richest and most bountiful bit of land on the continent. All who lived there prospered, and every harvest returned more than a year before. This wealth and prosperity was, of course, attributed to the, the Tower of All. It was some kind of beacon of God's, of the God's blessings upon the land. I grew up intrigued by this tower, and when I matured as a mage, I sought it out. What I found was discouraging. The tower was there, and impressive as ever, but there was no way inside. And there was no response from the inside, it was just there. No amount of magic, identify, knock, or any other spell I could come up with could gain access. Unluckily for me, I suppose, I wasn't the only one interested in that tower or the pass. Magic user and common folk alike took to the area seeking healing or fortune or whatever people who are overly superstitious might do. Adventurers would try to break the way inside and steal whatever is in there. Over the course of a few years, both the Dominion and the Storm Court, of course, saw this pass as the next conquest. So, as you can probably imagine, scouting missions turned into skirmishes, which then turned into all-out campaigns of war. It was how I met and came to be in the service of our Empress herself. She was much younger then and had just begun her rule of the North. She said that the land belonged to Cord and claimed it in his name. Now, me, and this doesn't go up beyond this room, I wasn't entirely sure. But, I mean, at least her claim has more merit than the Dominions, which see the area as theirs because it's there. Anyway, after years of war, things started to go weird and askew, and this is where you guys might uh, take note. Tremors started to uproot the land, and there were reports of strange activity around that goddamn tower. Missing persons, creatures of questionable origin, green light at odd times, and the emergence of a strange cult bearing, of course, a symbol you're familiar with, and she pulls out her paper and is a perfectly drawn replica of what you saw on the robes of the cultists with the same amount of flourish, and she even pulls out a, a, an arrow that Brenthalvash provided. And just, it was a broken arrow, and it still the arrowhead has that similar point. We routed the cultists where we could back then, but there were too many of them, and our resources were too thin from fighting the Dominion. And the cultists, their magic far exceeded my own. I was not an archmage at the time, and I lost many friends and allies back then. Around that time, the Great Quake hit, and I'm sure there, you know, there are different stories and different myths and everything that has popped up. But as someone who was there, I know exactly what happened. The land itself tore, broke apart, and flooded. Complete overtaking of the land, breaking it. There's no other word I can use to describe it other than that, just as if a deity himself were just pulling chunks of land out and shifting them around and tossing it. A god's playground, if you will. What magic I had allowed me to survive and help what few people we had left. But that tower, nothing happened to it. Just stayed intact. Almost immediately, the land became infested with strange creatures. Some of this plane and some from elsewhere. We were unable to manage, or rather, I was unable to manage. And this, at this moment, she takes a bit of hurt to the pride. And we all retreated back to the north. As a small consolation, those bastards in the Dominion were forced to retreat as well. And now, I mean, as you may know, based off your history, the land is treacherous, unlivable, having had a hundred years to fester and rot. But I think there is the key to whatever this is, and you guys have basically proved it. But at the same time, there's still a lot of questions at the table. I don't know what to make of what happened in the mountain with you guys. The green light hit, there was a quake, but you're all here. There were no tiefling to come from the Tower of All when, it was just, when, in, when that land was destroyed. So, for me, there's a lot of mystery, and part of that is why I think uh, Mikola understood that 
simply sending you guys into a subterranean prison. Maybe not the best, especially with whatever you guys did to cause that, or whatever whatever allowed whatever allowed what happened to you guys to happen. I have so many questions. I'm going to go out on a limb and suggest that the town is protected from that type of thing normally. This town, Trost. Yes. Magical entry into the well, into yes. the city. I mean, I do put many wards, symbols, and spells over these places to protect them and to carry out the will of Mikola, who, ironically enough, order in a storm kingdom is kind of the rule. But I couldn't assume that my magic was that good to... I mean, maybe. Maybe it did pre- prevent any shattering, but didn't you say that you you guys were woken? We woke after the fact. Hmm. I was the first one to wake, and... There was a dead paladin who was obviously the one who set me free. Because I know they sent people out there to check on the cultist activity. That's, I mean... Does when this you, cult have a name that you found? When I looked a uh, hundred or so years ago, they didn't have a name. We just called them what, our, what their symbol was, just the arrow. Virtually nothing is known. Or if it is known, I do not know it. Yeah, you guys are the first who've had any inkling of what's happened. Is the symbol there? Like yeah, she's got, she's got the symbol drawn out, the downward arrow, and the arrow head itself, which matches that. Does it look familiar at all, aside from what we've... Like, I mean, I know we saw it at the um, when we were leaving, but, like, does it jar any memories at all? If you want to do a history, history check. Nine. <laughs> it's, it's there. You're, you're getting a glimpse of something. If anyone wants to help or do their own kind of history check on it... Uh, I'll give it a it's go. On, it's on the tip of your tongue. Something. That is a seven. Seven? Let's see what... Galatha's got any... She she steps back, like, she goes further behind her desk to the one of the bookshelves and starts leafing through things. Just, like, looking... Th- she's looking for a specific volume. Like, it, it looks... It looks familiar. Not that we've seen it before, but now that I'm seeing it again, it looks as though it's on the, it's on the tip of my brain, but I'm foxed as to whether or not I can name it she pulls a, a, a book out leafs through it uh tom just leafs through it for a while stares for a minute tosses the book onto the desk and spins around and you see another illustration of the symbol next to uh the name asmodeus i just kind of lower my head oh no you leaf through the like you leaf through the book you can since you all have access to it you can see on the on the binding, the title of the book itself is uh, Waves of Flame, a report on the push and pull of the Nine Hells. And all you see is the the name Mord. Mord? Yeah. As in the author of this? Yep. Okay. She has it. I guess the symbol has something to do with the Nine Hells and Asmodeus. Demonology, devil study, infernal matters. I'm not as versed. Everything I have is in these books by Mord. I'm actively stone-facing all okay. of this. Just, you know. Yeah, because Lisa immediately looks to Fetter for answers, but clearly doesn't see any. Uh-huh. Yeah, she's eyeing you all with genuine interest in trying to search for something. Like, I have another book. It doesn't have anything to do with this, but it does have something to do with the Hells. Um, she goes back and pulls another book out. Uh, you see... I'm, I've actually kind of been just circling the room, kind of just meandering, looking at stuff, being okay. all innocent. And the stuff you're seeing is very fancy. Her bed is a canopy bed, well-made. Like you're, you're, She's very put together. Very fancy. When she turns her back to look at the bookshelf again, uh-huh. like, 
I give Federer a side glance. Oh yeah, I'll look. Yeah. yeah. And 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 I just I kind of shake my head a little bit. And I'm it's a little shoulder raise like let's just not get into it. Like I'm I got questions too, but she finds another book and pulls it out. You I turn see my, I turn my attention back to her. Sure. She leaves through it, hands it to you, Yusuf. Uh, you see the title, uh, Zariel and the Descent into Avernus, also by Mord. This is, another, this is the only other book I have on specifically the Hells in any sort of way. But again, just these are just reports. These are documenting from a figure who's been long gone, far beyond my time. Right. Would I, would I recognize the author, Mord? Uh, do, you can do a role. It's a history or history, yeah. Natural twenty. <laughs> Natural twenty. That was what you needed. So oh, that gives me a twenty-two. I love it. In the monastery, the Varash Day, you've snuck into the various libraries, and it's not necessarily like sneaking because everyone's pretty open with their with their belongings and all that. But you have snuck into the De Mastera's library, which is a bit more off limits, and you've you've seen books also by this Mord, although. In, in his books, the name is full, like, is the, it's the full name. And you remember it as Morden Canaan. I'm going to hold on to that information right now. Okay. Because I'm taking a cue from everyone else and not <laughs> talking in front of Golatha. Um, sure. As I'm looking, is it, I highly doubt this, but is, you know, Dresden Files style, the teleportation, like, circle happen to be like in the floor in the corner or is it somewhere else well we walked over it yeah you walked over it oh that's right has no. she shown us the altar yet uh no she she's kind of has, has escaped her while she's looking for books can can we actually see pieces of the altar please i apologize how rude of me that is one of the main reasons i brought you up here she goes to a chest nearby near the wardrobe and opens it and pulls out the pieces one by one a few of them still kind of crumble in her grasp she's doing the best she can it's a little bit messy she puts them on her desk not too happy that she added mess to her desk but you see the pieces very familiar pieces the the skull the bits of the spire the, the thing that you when you woke up that you first saw and the shackles and the manacles are there, albeit rusted, broken, and in a lot of pieces. I have my staff with me. Is anything happening to it being in the presence of this altar? She looks at it for a little bit. And you don't, you don't really notice anything? It doesn't seem to do anything? I can identify that for you if you wish. I would love that. This came from the people that came through the rift. Mm-hmm. She takes it from you. While they're doing that, I'm meandering over back towards the teleportation. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And yeah, as just... you walk as you walk to it, it kind of brightens a little bit. The the main circle in the center brightens as you get closer. It seems to be just responsive to the presence of any humanoid figure, just kind of brightens a little bit. Uh if I see her doing that, I'm gonna like shift myself in uh Galatha's like field of vision. Ever so slightly, just to try to obscure Dazlin a little bit. Okay. Yeah, she's looking over the staff. While she's identifying that, can I go through the pieces of the altar, like kind of in depth, and just see if there's anything we missed our first time through? Sure. Okay. I'll help. Sweet. Is that investigation? Uh, yes. Okay. Natural 20. Nice. Sick. So that's a 24. Mine was only an 18. An 18? You're looking over the pieces, and 
whether it's just because of the circumstances of you waking up, not knowing where you were, the trauma of that time, you realize this thing looks a bit more mechanical and a bit more engineering based than you originally thought. Having the pieces there out on a display, there's there's gears, there's mechanisms, there's pieces that would be used. Uh, I guess the closest like real world out of character analog would be the in hospitals when they they tube you up and just the various curves that the tube make like like an iv almost like an iv but reverse trying to get the thing away from a source so it pulling was blood from us pulling blood from you yeah just something to traverse blood through to a point and it's to the point to wherever the skull was resting on and the skull itself is not just a bone it has that facade of bone around it but because it's so cracked you can see this black orb that because of the lack of care and bringing it over, it's cracked, doesn't have nearly any sort of glossy sheen to it, but there is a, a smell of dried blood to it. There's like it would store it and do something to it. And you, you pick it up and move it around and it looked like that's where the blood was going to, like a focal point and that there was more to, there may have been more to it than that, but Brenthal in his absolute care and going back through the knoll hole mm-hmm. probably just shattered it too much, but very much a receptacle. And as Galath is holding the staff and starts to do identify on it, she stares at it for a while and eyes you, Lisa, and eyes you again and eyes the staff. She hands it back. I must caution you. What did you say your name was? Or what did they say your name was? Lisa. Lisa. This staff, it pulls life force randomly. And just from holding it, I have sustained a little, a little damage. I would be careful when using this. There is some risk However, one feature of it, if you spend some time with it, this thing can be summoned back to you. If you drop it from about 100 feet, if, you, if need be, you can call it to your hand and it will be there. Also, those stones that are in the eye of the skull, those are, or rather were, soul stones. And where did you get this staff? I told you it came with one of the monsters that okay. we killed. Because it looks like those particular stones played some part in tearing through to the material plane. And it looks like whatever they did, it expended two of those. So they can't be used again? Those stones cannot, know. Okay. In fact, just get your na- like finger under there. You'll be able to pop out the stone and you can feel how light it is. And you do. And it feels like there's nothing to it. And it kind of feels chalky. And like, if you if you were to rub it anymore in your hand, it might just fall apart. It seems like those have been expended. I just crumble it because it makes me uncomfortable. While they're talking, I want to, um, if I'm the one that um, saw kind of through the little crack in the skull, uh-huh. without like drawing their attention to it, I want to see if the eyes of the staff are the same as what I'm seeing of the obsidian orb in the... Uh, Oh, if the, the if the the soul stones themselves are the same, is what's hidden by the skull facade from the machine is that also a soul stone? There is a similarity. While the stones for the eyes on the staff are brighter, like a brighter gemstone, and mm-hmm. feel like they're composed a little bit differently, you sense a, a correlation in the structuring of them, right. especially as she rubbed, like gets some of the stone loosened. Galatha, did you happen to notice inside the mechanism from the altar that there's a similar? component, this uh, black orb that seems to be hiding inside the skull. She takes that and politely reaches her hand out to you for the, the soul, those stones that were on the staff as well. Mm-hmm. She weighs them, moves them around. They do seem familiar. I recognize these that were in the staff 
because we do use similar methods of putting, like, storing souls, preparing for lichdom, things like that. I've seen a few people attempt to do that and it go wrong. Preparing for lichdom? You've encountered that here in this city? Not in the city. Years upon years ago. Use it for laxes. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've seen some brash young magic users think they can deal with it, and let's just say I've cleaned up far too many messes in my time. But this is a slightly different. This is more geared toward an expenditure. The energy from a soul, I suppose, I don't know if it's any different with uh, the other planes, but the energy from a soul can ge generate enough power to give the oomph that you might need. And from what I can tell from the staff, there was a blood exchange as well. So that probably has something to do with tearing. But this bigger orb seems a lot more mechanical, a lot more, I don't know, intricate. This is beyond the... This orb is beyond me. Well, in order to get the door open in that original initial chamber, we had to line up some of the pillars. The whole room seemed to be mechanical in some way or another. Huh. Can I interject for a second? Sure. The entire time while these, while you guys are doing this, I have been studying the sigils on the teleportation circle. Okay. And kind of um, writing them down. Sure. In my little journal. Okay, cool. Are you trying to do that clandestinely? Yeah. Okay. Just roll a slight hand, I guess. I will. I will help her in any way I can by. Well, I think you. I mean. Yeah. Can can to, she get advantage? Because she was kind of like trying yeah, sure. to block line of sight for that. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Definitely take advantage. Ooh. Ooh. That is double seventeens. Yeah. Sure. Uh, so that would be for sleight of hand, uh, nineteen. All right. Cool. Yeah, she doesn't appear to notice. Cool. Uh, how long will that roughly take me? Given that they're going over the staff, the thing, probably about 10-15 minutes. Okay. Well, once I'm done with that, I will I will sneak back into the conversation. Okay, cool. Yeah, this is just about the time where she's explaining that she doesn't quite understand what the deal is with the cracked orb, and the fact that she use, she understands the use of those smaller soul stones in the eyes as more of a ammo, ammunition, if you will. Okay. For a, <laughs> an other planar, peer, like a sewing gun or something like that. Interesting. Yeah. What we're trying to uh, figure out, Galatha, is this is now the second um, instance in which a rift has opened up. The first, there was no arcane user who came through with a staff uh -huh. as our second interaction. The first was just um, infantry huh. maw demons, but they were directly on top of us, uh, essentially. We were uh, resting in a camp, um, and we all felt a certain uh, something before that happened. Is there a way that... Because, again, the staff seems to be based on some sort of blood magic. Or, are we now bound to either this machine or each other? Or? Oh, yeah, yeah. I heard voices and chanting and things. I remember yeah. that now. Yeah. Haha. <laughs> because <laughs> I don't voices. want to... You know. Did, were, were they legible? Did you understand, like, words, or was it just chanting? No, it was just chanting, huh. and I had trouble remembering that I had heard it initially. And then you said that there was no creature with the staff the first time. No, no. it was just a rift, but the same rift. Question, the, well, can you describe the creature that came through this, this other time that had the, the staff? It he... was like a giant toad. Yes, thing. he was wearing entirely bone armor. There was not any metal on it. And he was very tall. Very tall. And he had he was he had this like black ooze to his skin. Okay. 
does he? She he also didn't use the staff very much. Interesting. Did he? I I don't. He you know. That's why I picked it up. It almost seemed like a tool that was assigned him. Well, I mean, it was very it, easy to use. Was he a magic user? Did did it? Was it able to use spells or anything like that? Fire based or anything like? Was was it able to? Because I mean, anything could be craft like could be used to be a, a wand or a staff could turn into as a, as a, a mechanism for spells. I don't spells. remember him using any spells. I used spells on him. Yeah. But not vice versa. He was trying to run away from us at the end of the fight. Before he imploded in him, on himself? Yeah, that was really cool. You're awesome. Did it look like this? And she pulls another book out. And you see on the text is uh, A Compendium of Monsters by Hansel Halfhand. And she flips through it a little bit and turns it around to you. And you see a drawing, a, a spitting image of the creature you fought. And next to it is a... A somewhat, not a very well-detailed dossier on a green slod. Yes, that is it. Okay. She shuts the book. Resumes it. Okay. See, that doesn't, that doesn't explain how they tore through, or if the staff is the key thing, or how they found you both the same, like, in the same place. Because if my theory is correct that it was the, the beacon or whatever happened at the mountain, that thing you see in front of you, the spire, if that was the inciting thing, it would just be an area of effect. It would have, like, there would be rifts at random places, but these two have hit you, unless there are things that we don't know about, necessarily. This was the first time that the rift stayed open. The initial time that they came at us, the rift, they came in, and then it closed, did it not? The maw? The, when the, the maw, maw demons demon, came through? Yes. No, it stayed open until we killed them, and then it sealed up. Do you think there may be some I believe anyway. Intelligence behind the opening of these? Like possibly there was a whole sea of these things that were climbing up to get out of this rift. Galathas, uh you're very kindly gonna transport us forward and I appreciate that. I Yes. I just what I'm trying to ascertain is if the four of us together traveling are gonna carry this threat with us wherever we go. Based off of the most recent encounter, the thing that got you here to my chambers in the first place. I would say, yes, it's attached to you in some way. Could it be, I don't know, maybe this is just a theory, but could it be that because of what happened in the, in the mountain, maybe it's a beacon of some kind? Like you have kind of, sir, you kind of serve as like a focus or he, like enter here like sort of wreck thing. Like Ralph. <laughs> the light must go towards the light. I mean, some of our blood did get into that big black orb, right? Oh, it got maybe. into quite a few things. I mean, um, maybe, but well, like, no, no, no. I mean, <laughs> like wrist pricked things like that. Yeah. Taken up. What I'm saying is if this is something mechanical and it opened a portal, what if it's opening? Like, what if it's a key to multiple doorways? Well, you what is it was for us to get out? Mm-hmm. I, is there a way of just, I mean, you don't know what it is, but could it be that if we destroy the orb or open it up? And kind of get our blood out of there. I don't know. It. Well, I mean, I, I've done an identify on that orb before, and there's nothing. It's just a, a non. It's a non-entity. It's whatever it is is just mechanical. So there's no like magical thing I can glean from it, like I could from your staff. It's just whatever these pieces were. They were just designed to be analog to let you your blood maybe do the work, like a mechanism in a lock. Yeah. 
And when I look at something like this, I can't identify much about it other than its mechanism, which means it may be designed in such a way to stymie people like me. I mean, the first thing I'm going to do is try to identify these, try to gleam history and purpose from them. The only thing I can think is that this piece, when you piece these together, this does look like the shape, at least of the tower of all in terms of it's just an almost circular point that just reaches to the sky that tapers. No one's been in the building, but I mean, there's, there's similarities there. So there's right. something so, going on there that is just beyond what, me even. Was this, uh, I mean, obviously the cult in some ways was known to you. You uh, had managed to send your captain out, you know, who met us out there. So yeah. what is Gris Norwell? What, is it, what does it mean? What does the mountain mean to your people, to their lore? Mountains are usually elevation and that is revered in terms of the Asimar here. And from what I've studied, anything that involves ascending is very favored. I wouldn't be surprised if this mountain, for its height, it is not necessarily the highest peak. It's close. Had there always been a structure there, or was that a new development? Speaking as a craftsman, it would have taken a lot longer than a month to create that cavern and all those frescoes and all the... The mural work and the statues. Not to mention the statues in that corridor there. I mean, we walked for, what, an An hour? hour? It felt like such a long time. Yeah. So this thing could have been in stages of planning and production for much longer. Quite some time. Well, I mean, let's be fair. We're talking about the Infernal and the Abyssal. It could have been there before us. Right. You. And I look at her, I was like, could have been there before you. Oh, easily. My my age is is not a natural thing. We walked for an hour, and we were constantly walking next to these stone likenesses carved actually i didn't look at them closely enough i don't know if they were carved or if they were magically created but magically delicious also that (laughs) they could have been made by lucky charms i don't know (laughs) and you said that there were big creatures in there with them what uh what what do they look like roughly uh uh, lisa oh they're barlgura demons so big kind of like big giant monkeys um i'm sure if you open up one of your books they're in there well yes that's where i learned about them it was cool to see one in person because it was dead Quite right, quite right. May uh, I see that orb? Sure. She gently hands it to you, and it it's starting to flake apart a bit, and it's just very ho- like very hollow and, and broken. Any, so, can I? If there's any cracks, are there any like holes where I can see into it? Yeah. From what you can see in there, there's pathing etched in that would allow blood to travel through. But it seems very like more spirally toward a center point than like left right right angles things like that less clockwork and more just spiral you guys this is about as controlled an environment as we're going to get what if we put our blood back in it um galatha kind of like uh, i mean you don't have to spill any blood on on account of this i mean if you like i, cause I, I haven't like this is beyond my realm of experience and expertise i don't the last thing i want is to have you all dead <laughs> And after you've been like, and it once. do we, uh, true, but I mean, he was saying, uh, Yusuf, was it? Yes. He was saying that someone broke him out, uh, a paladin. So clearly there was intervention and I've got no readings on that. And theoretically, if it's broken and not a part of a fully mechanized thing, it's not going to do anything other than just spill your blood. Yeah. But considering where we are, we have managed this day to escape with our freedom nudged in a direction a lot of information Uh, let's not do anything that could potentially shake or blow up this castle fair Uh, could we take that with us yeah 
it may prove helpful if there's a similar mechanism at this, at the Temple of All. It could be a key. A key for us to get in. That's fine. I I have documented it in my notes, so you can you can take it with you. Also, because it has no magical properties and is more analog, it's of no use to me. I can't gleam anything from it other than just it is a, a machine or was a machine of some kind. Are there any other matters of the arcane you'd like to uh, discuss with Galatha, my friends, before we uh, perhaps head down to the uh, the apartment? Do you think the apartment will have any more information than what we've been given here? Yeah, yeah, you're, you're right. There's only one way to find out. Yeah, probably not, okay. but... but is there anything well. else you wish for me... To, like, I, like, I identified the staff. Is there anything else I can identify for you that might help you with this decision? Because I'm not an, an entirely clear in what this apartment's supposed to prove for you or achieve for you. More if uh, my thought, uh, Galathos, that... Uh, from what we heard from Talia Medusa, um, her sister was hired to investigate or to go adventuring in Gris Norval. Whereas the four of us were drawn by the arrow, presumably, she seems to maybe have been contacted. And if there was a point of contact... Uh, oh, like a connection between the two. Something bringing that specific adventurer... Precisely. to the mountain versus uh, she again was seemed to have been vetted and tested and similarly as as we were and i mean to a point I, I, w- I wouldn't say that any adventurers i mean if there's anyone who wants to just go to a place that's dangerous and strip it and discern what's going on with it we don't really no we care. meant vetting and testing in the while in capture oh we were all she was vetted and tested the same way that the four of us oh were. yeah yeah but as opposed to being drawn there by some sort of presumably magical means, uh, okay. she could have possibly come of her own volition, which... When, when I was drawn to the mountain, I came from the south, far to the south. It took me, and I lost roughly a month of my memory, oh. waking up with these three in that room is the last thing I remember from leaving my home. Same. So I called you and rendered you unconscious so to speak, and left you... Or at least rendered us not cognizant. <sighs> so many. And she, she curses. So many goddamn questions still. May I see the... Yeah. I'm going to do divine sense on okay. this. So this is what it does. As an action, you can detect good or evil. Until the end of your next turn, you can sense anything affected by the hallow spell or know the location of any celestial fiend undead within 60 feet that is not behind total cover. You can use this feature four times for long rest. I want to know if this was used as part of a hallow spell for that area. That's what I'm using it for, and uh, I'm going to do an investigation as well. Okay. Yeah, go ahead and do that roll. I'm just trying to discern if it was maybe a focus for the spell or if that's what if our blood was used to power something. This like It might not have been just a hallow spell, but I'm curious if it was part of making the site unholy at all or... Got it. You uh, do the spell on it, and you're not sensing any sort of magic on it. Okay. It feels very inert and very machine-like. Kind of almost clever in that its only purpose was to facilitate something and that's it. And that everything that could have happened from it is just outside of it. Like sort of sort of like a, a machine version of, I'm just doing what I was told. So is this more of, do I get the sense that this is more of a key or a seed mechanically wise? Uh, I don't know what that would be. Just a straight up intelligence test? Sure, a uh, key or a seed. Uh, well, like you said, it little. was uh, something to like make something else happen. Like, oh, got it. Okay, like or maybe like an ignition. Got it. Okay. 
13 intelligence. Yeah, it seems to be more of a of a seed or or mechanically speaking like a spark plug. Yeah. Seems to be pretty close to that to that level of something. Now, looking at machinery like this, I mean, I have never been to the uh, the abyss or the hells. I've only heard of them, but I, I this doesn't strike me as anything that would come from there necessarily, but maybe that's the point. Maybe that's why I can't discern it. Because if, if, if it's something extra planar, like a demon or a fiend of some kind, I can, either with the help of a paladin or uh, a, a cleric, I can kind of gauge, you know, I can, we can work together and come to some understanding of it as properties. But this seems neutral, like... I pick it back up and I look at it again, and, and I look over at the teleportation circle. And uh-huh. Like, you said, uh, bywater, stillwater? Uh, edgewater. Edgewater. It's, it's uh, the la- like the the farthest south you can go in our Stormcourt territory before you get to the Shatterlands, which is uh, kind of neutral ground, no man's land. Is that the only place you can send us? That's the only place I've been able to get a, uh, a firm hold on a teleportation point. So you can't send us south. Uh, Edgewater is south. It's a bit south into the east. South into the east. I mean south south, no. like towards Sky Point. I'm working on it, but uh, that's a little bit more clandestine, and Dominion is not exactly... I'm sure they have their own mages. It uh, puts us, from my understanding of the eastern coast, in a reasonable proximity, definitely much closer here than Trost. You do end up skirting the Iliscar area, the elven forests, which are not necessarily the most friendly these days. So you're skirting that on that side, and you can... I mean, if you're enterprising, you could ease your way down south into the west to loop around. I'm thinking more along the lines of Cliff Keep. Cliff Keep. It's in the Hallowed Valley. Hmm. Man, that's beyond my beyond my range. Okay. I'm just I'm I'm looking at this thing and like I happen to know some people that are really good with mechanical things and they might be able to tell us more, but hmm. it's a very long journey to get there. Unfortunately, yeah, it's a it's sending you a bit roundabout. I do have a I'm in the process of getting something to Skypoint, a, a teleportation circle. Last thing I would like to have happen is I send you to a different continent or to the astral plane or somewhere weird. That would be inconvenient, to say the least. I'm old enough to where I have made that mistake before, and it's not been the most fun. All right. Well, well what say you fellows? Is it worth uh, tearing here longer, checking out the uh, apartment, or uh, is our business I mean, here concluded? We've learned much, and there are definitely things that weren't our investigation. The quicker I, I can get out of the city, the better. I understand. I think that any information will help at this point. I would say we should at least take a look at the place before we head out. If you wish, I can escort you. Given my power, if anything were to happen, we could end it quickly. It would be an assurance. And frankly, if anything happens under my watch, I'm culpable for it. But again, my authority is enough to where you wouldn't have to deal with any of these proceedings again. Fantastic. Uh, well, then, will you accompany us, my lady? She, she brightens at the uh, my lady. Absolutely. I called her lady. Yes, but you didn't say my lady. Ha <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. It's about time Fetter was slightly winkier than the two of you. I still like you better than Fetter. <laughs> Thanks, Lisa. <laughs> well, then we may. Uh, it so is hurtful. And yeah, let's head down. Uh, do you guys have the location of this place? I obviously do not keep track of every single adventurer that comes through here. Oh, it was near the forges in Branran's place. Oh, the Smithy's Anvil. Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah, we can go down to the, the the living quarters down in that direction. You all exit the keep. It takes a few minutes to do so. Uh, Galatha leads you along, and 
You go through all the places you've seen before, down the stairs, back into the adjoining throne room, down to the keep, and you start making your way past. Uh, as it's getting onto the evening, you exit those large obsidian doors, and the storm giant opens them for you. Helps that he can kind of see over the wall and see you guys approaching. Uh, Galatha places a hand off uh, on his calf, just as a gentle, like, thank you for your service sort of thing, and he nods. Feel the electricity in the air, and you guys make your way down. You takes about takes a while, and you get down to the smithy's anvil. Everyone's gone back to their business. No one seems to be giving you any mind. The occasional people you pass by will look at you kind of askance, but it seems like for the most part, the court, the decision, all that just kind of ended it. The decision was made. Everything's forgotten, as far as any public is concerned. Uh, you weave through the smithy's anvil for a few minutes and find yourselves within housing district of that area, or at least one of them. Uh, the buildings and streets here are organized in more of a grid layout, and everything, including the streets, are numbered. This is a lot more regimented, and you kind of sense that this is very cookie-cutter. The the smithies, of course, would come up with a building one, two, three, four, five. Very methodical. You get the sense that, that the folks here aren't very much for decoration or flair, nothing new. You eventually reach Alsina's apartment, which was based off the address you were given, and Galatha guiding you through. As a quick note, you do notice a few people, as, as, as much as you draw attention with your horns and your uh, tiefling-ish nature, Galatha draws a little bit more attention than you do, and you get the sense that she doesn't come down to this area very often, or at least this far down, or her work doesn't bring her this far. She is quite a sight to some people, and they do stare at her a little bit longer, and then they're like, oh, the tiefling that are with her. You eventually reach Alcina's apartment, which is small and an unassuming structure. You make your way in. The, uh, the door isn't locked or anything. There's nothing, and there's nothing inside that would suggest it's too valuable. But once you get inside, you kind of see why. It's a spare structure with one room and a one room for a bed and a wardrobe and a common area for eating and visiting. You see Talia's artwork covering all the walls. Every spare inch of wall is a painting or a drawing. Galatha kind of sniffs her nose and betrays a little bit of. How quaint. I'm going to help Fetter investigate. Mm-hmm. Advantage. <laughs> cool. And then just for a reminder, you're, what are you trying to find, look for? Uh, I mean, it's really more of anything that ties Elsina to her quest, like what, her, what got her out the door. Either got it. Okay. a writ of that she would have found at a tavern or correspondence or anything like that. Anything That's- like involving... Us involving or us, with us or Grisnorvald. Sure. Uh, 23. 23. There's nothing in the main living area with all other than the artwork, uh, but when you make it your way to Alison's room, you see that uh, next to her bed is a chest, and inside there's all her documents and anything of importance to her, like documentation, receipts, anything like that, but not organized in any sort of way. It's just shoved in there with no real care in the world. So it takes you a few minutes to dig through all the papers and you see the writ for adventurers to go to the mountain in Greece, Norvald. There's not a lot of details in the writ other than just here's the amount of money, party is being gathered to go uh, see what's going on. Where, from whom, any of that stuff in there? Like where did they leave from? Where did they... Who's paying them? Yeah. You see an, an, a specific name, a, a captain, Jobjan Ackers. Like he's, his is the only name that's listed on there. But other than that, it's just through the command of the Stormwalkers under Captain Jobjan Ackers authorizes this payment of about 200 gold to retrieve anything of importance that can be found from this place. 
and any information. You get the sense, Fetter, specifically, that mm-hmm. there's more underneath the surface of the request in the in the way that many military right. requests like this for adventurers might be, and you catch it. It's like, find what you can. We're looking for something specific, but right. you don't need to know what's going on. Mm-hmm. So, Lady Galatha. Oh, uh, yes. Uh, do you know this Captain Ackers uh, who issued this red or know anything about the request for a party to go out there? It seems like you guys had been perhaps clocking the cult and their activities for some time? Ah, uh, yes, I believe I do. Um, I don't know him specifically. He's of the Eagle Regiment of Stormwalkers. They're mostly our scouts. Uh, same as uh, Brenthal, who you saw in the uh, in the court. He usually handles the financial aspect of hiring adventurers out. And you mentioned before that you brought in some bounties uh, from the haberdashery, correct? Correct. Yeah, that would have, like, the money would have come from his coin purse or the city's coin purse from him. He would have signed off on giving you the payment. If he received any money from us in return for your services, that would have been through his station. Do you know what they would have been looking for? It sounds like something that would fall under your purview. Yeah, no, I mean, if, if anything, I was definitely very interested in seeing if there was any cultish activity. If anything was the same as it was in the Shattered Lands, and to see if there's anything more. So, for me, that was the main goal of it. Nothing too sinister, and Jobrin's not on a, like, a crusade or anything. Okay. <laughs> Can I insight check her? Sure. I'll do it, too. All right. Oh, Oh, that's a five. My three becomes an eight, which makes it a 15. Okay. Yeah, as far as you can tell, she's on the up and up. Fantastic. Is there anything else we need here? Anything else we're looking for? Is there anything that would have given you cause to suspect this person, whoever this was who lives here? Because, I mean, coincidence is coincidence, but at the same time, like I, could, I would be wondering the same thing myself. Everything kind of happened after you turned in whatever it was you were turning into this Talia? Yes. The one who lives here? Or was this a different... Per- this was the adventurer? This was her sister. Okay. Um, they kept this residence uh, until Talia got accepted into the academy. Okay. She still kept it. Uh, she kind of moonlighted uh, in Elsina and her adventuring career. No, it's... The call I put out was definitely to find if there was any cultures activity and if the cult happened to have that downward arrow. Unfortunately, it turned out to be true. What was... Remind me, uh, fellows. They were... Adopted family? They yes. were not biological family. No, no, they were. The two of them were. I don't even know if they were actually adopted. It was just kind of a, a sisterhood. Yeah, like a group home situation, I believe. Right. Well, is there anything in here then about their place, like their place of origin, or parents or orphanages or anything like that in these documents? Yeah, you can see uh, deep within is uh, an old and faded and yellow writ of release from the equivalent of a, of a, a home of people without parents for Alcina. You get the sense that she was of age and let go to do her own thing. Hmm. This seems like were we to go down this path, it, it would be laborious and may not be as fruitful as we'd hope. I also think we probably need to get out of town. Yes, yes. Before uh, your patience uh, with us uh, runs out. So, do we have what we need? Do we need to go back at all to the the storm's rest? Or? If there was any place you were staying, and if you have effects there, you might want to get them, and I can walk with you to there. But otherwise, we can just go right to my quarters, and I can teleport you where you need to go. Yes, very good. And uh, and if there was any outstanding charges, the city will pay them for wherever you were staying. 
And probably already have. Now, as the the night wanes on, your teleportation circle that will get us to Edgewater, uh, there'll be a place where we can bed down for the evening, yes? Of course. Yeah. It's a big enough city where there's a few different places. You definitely don't have to take the first thing that's given to you, which I'm assuming, if you've dealt with any of our soldiers, uh, you just were given one place and that was it. <laughs> she laughs, a little, like, kind of a fake laugh, as if she's trying to have a rapport. <laughs> 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 Yusuf, since we're close by, do you want to check in on your uh, decanter? See if you made any money? Uh, we can, yes. Um, it's well, infamous now, yeah. I mean... What is this decanter you speak of? Um, it's something I made while I was here. It's a... Uh, well, I'll, I'll show you if it's, if it's still there. Well, sure. Yeah, <clears> either <throat> way. Gar. Again, with me, you have a little bit more leeway. You don't have to leave this second. And I control the teleportation, so... I'm your way out of here. Fair enough. So, so it's, at, it's at your whim. I uh, take us over to the flame strike and... Sure. It's not very far, like Bramran said earlier. Yeah. In fact, it's kind of surprising. You, you leave, you take a couple turns here, and then suddenly, oh, here, flame strike. Not too bad. It's getting on in the evening, so a few, a lot of the forges around the area have started to wind down. You see uh, Majira cleaning up a little bit, uh, just doing some last minute things. Was her testimony like overly favorable, or was it just very to the point uh very to the point okay like she is not very knowledgeable about you guys in general other than having seen you and you made a cool thing so it was very neutral very yeah they were here they did this that's what i figured yeah very much more like probably the most succinct out of any of the testimonies given at the court <laughs> but uh yeah she doesn't notice you immediately just kind of is there a bell or anything or just i knock before i do come a, in? do a quick uh perception check um yeah eight eight no, you don't see one. Okay. If there was one, it may have been just obscured by something. Uh, just knock as I come in. Oh, he- hello! Uh, oh, you! Hi, Majira. I see that you had a favorable yes, outcome. Yes, I, I appreciate your candor in the... Uh, and I kind of step to the side and let her walk in. And Galatha steps up and is like, Oh my god, I'm p- a pleasure. The same. Um, do you still have that decanter? Or did you sell it? Oh, uh, yeah, I still have it. A few people looked at it, but I, I didn't exactly tell them the best way to use it. So maybe they maybe I'm not the best marketing person on on that front. Fair enough. Uh, but yeah, you can take a look. It's still there. And it's it's so pretty. Well, thanks. Uh, so I, I show it to her I'm like it's this. It's it was just something to pass the time. It helps me focus. Yeah. You hear a, a, a whistle from Galatha. <whistles> That's really nice. Uh. Well, if you like it, I take it down. I kind of like nod to Majira. Like, um, she kind of, she nods eagerly like, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, if you like it, please take it for helping us and for your kindness. She takes it. How about this? While we establish our relationship with each other here, how about I buy it from you? I'm sure uh, you've put a lot of work into this and I like the way the, the design tapers and the color shifts. Maybe 200 gold? Uh, I... I wouldn't have dreamed to have gotten that price for this vessel, but... Um, well, you have to understand, uh, living up here in the north, no offense to you, esteemed Majira. Oh, oh, none taken. Most things made here are weapons and function. I do appreciate beauty when I see it, and this is very beautiful. Well, uh, whatever you feel is fair. If you insist on paying for it, I will take whatever you want to offer. She uh, pulls out a, a pouch and hands it to you, or tosses it to you. You catch it, and it's the weight of about 200 gold. Thank you. It's very generous. 
It'll make a nice carafe, she says with a, <laughs> with a, with a knowing look. Because she knows how to use it. She takes it, holds it very gently. All right, if this is everything, we should probably get you guys to Edgewater. Oh, hey, the carafe showed up again. How cool is that? I love it when fate and capitalism come together like that. Anyway, I'm pretty sure that last ale did me in. So I'll have to tell you more about Edgewater another day. But don't worry your pretty little heads, for I shall return. Just maybe next time with a jug of water next to my ale so I can manage my night a little better and continue with these demon days. (laughs) 